guys, it's Khadija Adams coming to you live from Jamaica, you guys. I am in Montego Bay, Jamaica. I'm excited to be here. And yes, I have moved here. So I um, want to welcome you to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association. Again, I am your host, Khadija Adams. I'm the founder of Grow Get That Money. We are a business empowerment and coaching firm that's really dedicated to women empowered empowerment in business, not just in cannabis, but in business as a whole. I'm also the vice president of CE Hutton, a business development and management firm located in Denver, Colorado. And together we formed the Green Street Academy, where we teach you the basics of investing in cannabis stocks. Um, the, the priority and, and goal of the Cannabis Minority Report podcast is really, um, you know, to highlight entrepreneurs, minorities in this space, some of whom may or may not be social equity applicants. The goal is to give them the platform, give them the exposure, and really um, to also, you know, commend them on a job well done and to highlight some of the things that they need in business, right? What's going to help them grow in business? You know, how do people find them? How do they grow their business? How do they build a team? You know, just having real conversations with them here on this platform. And that's why I'm really glad that um, I've had the opportunity to actually be the host now. Um, and we're going into season three here pretty soon. And so today we're going to have a real conversation um, with Mike Lamoto. I'm super excited to have that conversation with him. And um, I'm going to let you let him tell you his title, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, I think it's really important for us to talk about a little bit about what he does um, at the National Cannabis Industry Association and for the cannabis industry as a whole. Um, he has his own company. Um, not only does he have his own company, you guys, he's helped other companies in this industry um, to not only find their positions, but get position and also some of them to really expand on some of the things that they need, whether it was tools or resources. So I'm excited to be having a conversation with Mike today. And um, I wanted to go into the news today. And but I thought about that and everything that I looked up and I've been saying this over and over again, we're constantly seeing things in the news about social equity and about things being unfair, things not being right, you know, it's unequitable, okay, so in this state, you know, the social equity applicants are limited to the partners they have, um, whereas in some of these states, it's okay, um, in some of these states, their social equity program is good and dandy and all that, um, but it's not working, and people are really, social equity applicants are finding themselves in horrible situations, so I really got tired of that energy. I'm going to be honest with you. I got tired of the energy. I'm not going to do it. Not in the third season. I'm not going to talk about all of these other states and what they're doing in social equity. What I want to talk about is the solution. What the hell is the solution? Let's talk about the solution. What can we do, okay, as a community, black and brown people, I'm talking to you, okay, some white folks who are also social equity applicants, I'm talking to you. What can we do together as a community together instead of waiting on all these different states and what they're going to give to us because they're the ones who came up with this foolishness in the first place to exclude us, okay? So how do they know how to include us if all they know is how to exclude us? Anyway, some of y'all get that on your, on your drive home. 
But I wanna talk about how do we actually come together, black and brown folks and, and some white folks who are social equity and who support social equity. How do we pull in our resources together? How do we help one another? How do we help change the laws? How do we come together to help change the laws and not really go against each other with my, my business is better than yours, my state laws are better than yours, my policies, oh, let me teach you. No, what about coming together and collaborating, right? And figuring that part out, right? So that we can build our communities the way that we want to build our communities. I think that's the, the, the direction that season three is headed in, is that the news that we're going to be talking about is Who's doing what in the community to help build the community and not just take from the community and not just, you know, always argue and fuss about what's been going on. We know what's going on, y'all. We really do. And I don't know if about you, Mike. I'm tired of it. And at the end of the day, we need to come up with some solutions. So that's what we're going to talk about um, when we get back. We're going to break right now for a commercial. And um, Vince, take us out. We'll be back. Uh, it is the budding dispensary of knowledge. We want to be more uh, than just the PubMed of cannabis, the Google Scholar of cannabis. We want to be a continuing education platform that is easily accessible. We see this as being able to leave a legacy for the entire industry and really elevate this class to where it deserves to be. Hey, we are back, you guys, and we are having real conversations over here. <laughs> Cannabis Minority Report Podcast. Let me tell y'all something. We are having real conversations and some tough conversations that some people just don't want to have and or they put up a fuss to have. Well, we're over it already. We're going to really be grown people. OK, and, and we're going to have these conversations as hard as they may be. I think it's necessary. I think a lot of you all think it's necessary, too. I'm not the only one. This thing is not for me. Right. Um, but this platform is for black and brown people in this industry and, and for our loving white folks who believe in the same thing, too. Right. And um, but let's be clear, black and brown people. Historically. Have been adversely affected by not just the war on drugs, okay? But the war on just being black and brown. There's been a war against that, right? That's how we've been affected. And so we wanna hear from you. We want you on this platform. We wanna know what you do in the industry to beautify the industry, to bring the industry back. We wanna know, you know, what you need in your business. Are you raising capital? You know, what kind of capital? What kind of investors are you looking for? kind of products do you have? How can we help you, right? What kind of markets do you want to get into? We want to have real conversations, right? Because the scripted conversations, we're, we're over it already, right? We just want to have real conversations with you and find out what it is that you need. How can we help you grow? How can we connect you, right? And then what do you bring to the table? Because when you come to the table, you can't just come with an empty plate and expect to eat, right? And so at the end of the day, we want to bring ourselves together, come together, and we want to highlight you. We want to recognize you, right? And we want to support you. Today, I'm having a conversation with Mike Lamoto. If you don't know him, you guys um, should know him. He is the founder of, one of the founders, co-founders of Dow Mastery and um, business development 
um, firm, and he can actually go into more details about what he does. Um, but I've been working with Mike for, uh, for wow, I don't know, three years, four years. Has it been that long, Mike? And he's amazing, trustworthy, a, a man of integrity, okay? And someone you can absolutely trust. And so I appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much for being on the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. How are you? I'm great. And I appreciate you as always. And I appreciate the very warm introduction. You know, feelings mutual. It's been a, an amazing thing to get to know you over the last few years, um, you know, and, and, and do this work together like you're talking about to really create a, a pathway for people um, in this industry and not, not create it for them, but create it with, you know, create it together. You know, I think that we, we are, we're all doing this work together. And to me, I think it's all about, like you said, you know, how do we find solutions? And to me, the biggest solution is each other. Uh, that's, I think, our greatest resource. So anyway, that's my, that's my little start uh, for today. <laughs> so yeah, we appreciate that. Mike, tell the audience, you know, the people who don't know you, tell them more about you, um, what you did before you came in the industry. And now that you've been in the industry and, and now working with the NCIA and what, what is it that you do and what did you bring to the table? Because we know you didn't come empty handed. We know you didn't come with an empty plate. I try not to, you know, I try to bring as much as I can to the table. Um, you know, uh, before I was in the cannabis industry, they just didn't call it the cannabis industry, but that's what I was doing. Right. Um, and, you know, my, my goal for years was to, uh, you know, and I didn't really always know my goal, but my goal, uh, I, I, know, I knew what it was. I just didn't know what to call it. Right. And my goal has always been to just put as many people together as possible and preserve as much about natural medicine as possible. And so I actually trained as an acupuncturist and herbalist at one point. I uh, never got to practicing, but my goal has always been still, how do we re reintegrate a lot of these Asian principles, you know, into uh, this, this more mainstream way of thinking and the cannabis industry that's happening now while we're, you know, while we're, while we're living, breathing, and speaking, this industry is just growing and blowing up and going all over the place. And my goal is how do we bring all these pieces of, you know, as you mentioned, integrity together. So um, I think that's the main thing for me uh, is, you know, is really just uh, bringing as much as I can to the table. And for me, what I bring is my experience in the industry for a long time. My love for the plant, my um, love for the people that love the plant as well. Um, and, uh, you know, in that down mastery, we have a very unique coaching style that's also rooted and based in, uh, in our natural medicine backgrounds. My main, my co-founder, Vernon Speller, we met actually at acupuncture school like 15 years ago or so. So we have a very similar understanding of of uh, how to how to go about coaching and how to go business business development and entrepreneurialism. Wow, I like that. And so all that experience, you somehow brought it into the NCIA and also into the industry as a whole. And so tell us more about that. You know, why did you choose to do this work at the NCIA that you do? Tell us what work you do. Um, yeah. And and why you made that decision. Yeah. So I appreciate that question. Um, you know, so the work that I do, you know, as the title says, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? So, you know, and, and that means something very different to everybody. Uh, and one of my jobs is to actually try to listen to what that means to everybody and try to then figure out how to help us plot a course forward to create more diversity, equity, and inclusion at the NCIA. By doing so, and this is why I chose the NCIA, because the NCIA, my, my belief, my understanding is that it has a pretty pivotal place in the industry. It touches a lot of different points. It has members in all different states, all different verticals, all different sectors of the industry, and, and also different size companies, right? And so, you know, and we're still not federally legal yet. We're not federally uh, regulated yet. And so my belief is, look, if we can create a diverse 
an equitable and inclusive industry association that you know works at the national level in how we are legalizing and regulating, and then beyond as well. Once that does happen, then we have a hell of a lot better chance, in my opinion, to create an industry that reflects those same beliefs. And so that's why I said, you know, a few years back, and this is how me and you uh, started working together a few years back in the DEI committee. You know, we were just members of the committee uh, and trying to figure out how do we get this to happen. And uh, just like you said, you know what, I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to put a lot of my time, a lot of my passion, a lot of my energy into uh, creating that here at the industry. So uh, that's why I chose NCA. And I think another reason I should point out is I also felt that, you know, at the time um, and, and, you know, since then, uh, the organization has said, yeah, okay, we, we want you guys to do this here, right? And so we've seen over the last few years uh, an increased uh, diversity and inclusion at the industry, at the association. And so that's a big part of why I've chosen not only to do it in the first place, but to continue to do that work at this association. Well, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. What are, what are some of the biggest challenges and the biggest successes of the program? Right. So... Piggybacking off my last answer, you know, even when people want to see greater DEI, it's not as simple as flipping a switch, right? <laughs> it takes a lot of uh, groundwork, a lot of foundational building, a lot of acknowledging where we messed up. And it includes everybody really recognizing that, right? We all play different roles in this ecosystem that the United States has, which to your point is not necessarily the most equitable and inclusive uh, country. It has a lot of potential and there's a lot of opportunity. I'm not going to say otherwise. But I think that, you know, in order to really uh, maximize those opportunities and create true equity and true inclusiveness, it takes a lot of work. So the biggest challenge, I think, for me has just been, you know, uh, and, and for the program has been getting kind of everybody on the same page and everybody willing to do the internal work. Right. It's easier to do that external work. But the challenge is really getting folks to do that internal work and holding the space for people to do that internal work, regardless of where they're at right now. Right. I mean, of course, somebody that comes in and says, screw this, I don't care about this at all. Then, OK, sure. Right. Not who we're working with. But all the folks that are down and trying to figure this out together, we all have to be able to have the space to mess up with each other and not be canceling each other all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big society, challenge. Right. That's the and it's so crazy because as as human beings, you have leaders and you have followers. <laughs> right. That's the only way I can describe that, because it's like when you have the majority of this cancellation um, society or, or group or whatever else, that tends to rub off because people don't want to feel like they're left out. And it's like, are you a leader or a follower? Like, you know, part of building a, a team, first of all, it's like a marriage, in my opinion. It's like establishing a family, right? You have people of like minds thinking about the same thing, going in the same direction, but you still want to hear their individual perspectives. And sometimes it's not going to be um, what you want to hear. And sometimes it, it takes growth and sometimes there's pain in that growth, right? You can't just say, okay, that's it. Like, that's almost like having a kid and saying, okay, you're not the right kid. I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> you, know? you only been doing this for a couple of years. And I know you got into the age 18 before you have to get out of my house, but nope, send you back. I mean, come on. So you never build a team like that, right? Um, so I agree with you um, 100%. That 90-day rule comes in, right? Yeah, and that's something I really appreciate about working with you all this time is that, you know, I mean, we butted heads and it's a good thing because when we butted heads, we've been able to learn more about each other instead of just canceling each other. And I think that's, you know, with DEI work, I think that there's, I, I, you're right, our whole culture as a whole right now, I think is in a cancel culture. 
And I think in the DEI space, we're on like hyper alert for canceling each other. And yeah. so, and then on top of that, when we're talking about the DEI space, we're talking about not a lot of resources that are in the space, right? And trying to figure out how to create better pathways to that. So when you then cancel each other within that space, it, the, the effects are exponential really when it comes down to it. And so for me, I try to hold as much space as I can to not cancel others. And also, you know, try not to live in this place of fear where I'm going to get canceled all the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that, that's, I think, really the biggest challenge uh, in navigating these waters. As far as the successes, um, and I think that's the stuff that I really try to celebrate. Um, one of the things we actually do, we do a call every Thursday with our, uh, with our equity members. And one of the things we do at the beginning of the call is give space for what are the successes? What's going on? And we also let people like talk about, you know, challenges they're having. But a lot of that call ends up being about the successes. You know, we have a member that just won, uh, you know, uh, an, uh, an Emerald Cup award for their, for their gummies. Uh, Tiana, uh, God, I cannot remember Tiana's uh, last name right now, but Tiana just uh, won an award. And it was, you know, hearing that was just amazing. And it was great for everybody to hear that and for her to share that and come on the call and share that everybody was amazing. And everybody just, you know, lifts each other up. So anyway, uh, you know, the successes I think are really important to celebrate. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of celebrating whether it's a small success or a big success. So, you know, some of the small successes that I think are going to be big successes of our program is all the connections that everybody's been able to make with each other. I've, I've really been in, uh, encouraged by seeing how much collaboration there is that goes on inside of our calls, outside of the structured uh, mechanisms and stuff. But I hear from folks, oh, yeah, I've been talking with this or that person and we're now doing some projects here and there. And, you know, that that really, you know, for you're getting all you know, uh, emotional or whatever, it warms my heart, you know, to see people being able to plug in because that's what, when we set out to do this, because you should tell me I'm wrong, but when we set out to do this, we knew that was one of the biggest things that this program needed to do was allow folks to find each other and connect with each other because they are the resources. They already, they have a lot of what they need already. They just need more of each other, you know? So uh, that, that's, I think one of the biggest successes that I've seen. Yeah. I like that. I love that too. And, you know, you have to celebrate the successes, um, you know, no matter how big or how large they are, you have to, because it, it, it's what helps fuel the fire and keep the fire burning right um but you're right you have to when you're building a team and when you're doing something as 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 large as making an impact not just on just one group of people but a whole society of of people right because dei is not just for one state or one country or one city or whatever this is we're talking about everything as a whole that 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 speaks volumes and it's going to take some work because this thing didn't happen you know overnight and so being able to get the dei part right is not going to happen overnight and i think each company has to understand who they are and where they are and and who they need um, and really understand and also appreciate, you know, who they have on board. Um, so what is the current state of the program right now with, with the DEI program? And uh, what's next? Yeah, so current state of the program is uh, we have a pretty good, robust program right now. We have a lot of great members that plug in on a regular basis. Uh, like I said, like I mentioned, we have our weekly uh, uh, power hours, what we call them. It's a Zoom call for our equity members. Uh, every other week now, we've started doing a Canopreneur Roundtable where folks can talk. The, the Power Hour is more like a, ask me anything. I bring on subject matter experts, things of that nature. We do announcements, things like that. The Canopreneur Roundtable is for folks to be able to plug in and talk about the human side of being in cannabis uh, mm -hmm. and being an entrepreneur. Because uh, you know, as we all know from being an entrepreneur, is it's it's not just about you know uh, dotting your eyes and crossing your t's. It's also about being human, and that can sometimes really be what makes or breaks you at the end of the day. So. 
you know, having the places plug in like that, we've started doing those calls as well. Um, and, you know, we've really been building out our mentorship side of things as well. And really, like I said, again, connecting folks and creating more structure. So the state of the program is that we are getting ready to, after three years of foundation building, uh, that have been very three years of painstaking foundation building, as you know very well, um, we're now ready to really start getting out there more. And, and that's part of why I'm like here right now even is like, let's start getting out there more now. Let's start making more connections outward, outwardly, so to speak. It's been a lot of kind of internal work. And now yeah. we want to get out there to the world. So, yeah. yeah and, and it takes that internal work. You know, as a coach, I, 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 when I speak to my mentees, I tell them, you know, you can't just clean the outside of the glass and think it's clean. You have to start with the inside of the glass. And then you work your way on the outside, you know, because if not, you'll find yourself going up and down in success. Okay, well, we had three months and oh, well, now we have a while it's going down and then, oh, it's going up. And it's because you didn't clean the inside of the damn glass, right? Clean the inside first, then work on the outside. But you got to allow room and time for that because the inside didn't get dirty overnight. So I love that metaphor. Yeah, and it's not going to be cleaned overnight. So outside of the NCIA, um, you own your own company. <clears throat> you own your own company. You talked a little bit about that. Tell us more about your company, your target audience, and what problems does your company um, solve for the cannabis industry as a whole? So, yeah, uh, the problems I think I would start with is uh, we help cannabis that are really, you know, for lack of a better term, struggling to figure out whatever the next step is, right? So whether that's how to get started, whether that's how to get some capital, whether that's how to find partners and work out maybe bad partnerships, whatever it may be, or figure out how to get their SOPs together, whatever it may be, uh, we help guide them through that process as coaches, right? So we have coaching programs that are specific. And then once somebody goes through our, our basic coaching boot camp type program, then they have the option if it's a good fit for us to keep working together on a deeper level. Um, and so, you know, so the, and the point really is to be that that mentor, that guy, that coach, right? It's similar to what you do, but very different in like our styles and how we do things. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's, you know, another point that I want to make here too, is that, you know, with coaches, you have to find the coaches that make sense for you. Right. And yeah. so one of the things that we're also now starting to look at doing more of is, you know, it, and it's self-serving in the sense that eventually like, yes, that'll also help people know more about how to work with us. What we also really want to do now is help folks understand the importance in general of what's needed in the cannabis space, which is, I don't think there's enough coaches and mentors in the space. I think there's a lot of people that like do a little bit of mentoring, a little bit of coaching, but I think that our space lacks a lot of that like coaching firm, like Khadija Adams, right? So I think that that's one of the things that we're really bringing to the table right now is being that person, that third party that's emotionally not as invested in your company and to be able to be there as a guide and help you figure out what hurdles you're having and why and how to get over them and through them. So that's in a nutshell, I think what we work with the most. Yeah. I like that. I like that because, and you're right, you know, to your point, not every coach is created equally, right? I'm an empowerment coach and, and as an empowerment coach, you know, my mentees, um, you know, they come to me, they need that empowerment. They need that accountability and to be held accountable and to give them, you know, work with them on their goals, et cetera, et cetera, but to also have a firm hand. And that's what I have. Whereas there are other coaches out there, including yourself and other, you know, in the industry, but you have to really look at what fit, what do you need coaching in? What area, first of all, before you hire a coach, what area do you really need help in? 
um, it, because there may be a coach out there that is specific. And um, tell us about, because this is Dow Mastery, right? So yeah. with the coaching that you do at Dow Mastery, just the word Dow is heavy for me. That's like, just that alone speaks volumes and it says it all. But tell the audience and the people who don't know what that word actually means, what it means, why it's a part of your name. And we know you offer coaching, but what makes Dow Mastery's coaching so unique? I appreciate that question. Um, and yeah, you know, Dow, it's heavy and it's light, right? And that's kind of what the Dow is. That's kind of like the, the Taoism of it, right? It's heavy, it's light, it's deep, it's jovial, it's all these things, right? So Dow, uh, coming from Taoism, the, the, the ancient, you know, Asian philosophy that is, is still influencing a lot of things today, uh, and influences Chinese medicine, actually Asian medicine, a lot of its roots are in Taoism and a lot of Asian philosophies are there. So what we do really is take our understanding of that philosophy and bring it into our coaching style so that there is really no one right path to anything. It's about helping somebody find their path and their path is theirs. It's not mine. Right. And I can't speak to like exactly what somebody should do, but I can help them see how far off their path they may be. I can help shine a light on where their path is existing now, if they've strayed from it. My philosophy and Vernon's philosophy and you know, our, our firm's philosophy is that when a, the more aligned a person is with their path, with their Tao, with their way, the more successful they'll be. All these other problems that exist will start to fall by the wayside. And it's not about always going directly to like the exact problem and tackling it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you need to get rid of that symptom because that symptom is really bad. But a lot of times it's about where's the root of that happening. Let's go there. And then all the symptoms will fall by the wayside. So that in a nutshell, that's a little bit what we do. Yeah. I like that. The root of the problem, right? That's almost like, um, um, you know, having an addiction to something, there's a root to that, right? There's a reason you have an addiction. And so it sounds to me like you get to the underlying part of that so that it, once you help them there, it kind of helps them in the other part by default, right? Hundred percent, and and that goes back to like Minor Vernon's Asian medicine philosophies, and you know where Asian, you know Asian medicine at its at its best is about treating the root, not the branches. And again, you have to sometimes address the branches. They they, they sometimes they're screaming and they need some help. But really, like me and Vernon, when we're sitting back, you know, not during coaching sessions, but you know, me and him having our sessions, our debriefs. We, we, we geek out on like, okay, what do we think the root may be here? How can we help affect the root with this person or this cohort or whatever it may be? Because we do group and we do individual coaching. And mm -hmm. so, you know, how do we like really get to the root of what is needed there? Uh, and that to me is, is, is what it's all about. You know, I, I'm, I'm not very much about going after like the shiny object and figuring out what looks on the surface like you're going to deliver results. I really want that longer term result, but I know that sometimes you need the short term in order to be able to get there. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I tell you, it, it's exciting too. even with that, though, people still have to be teachable. They still have to be coachable. They still yeah. have to be trainable. And I think the biggest problems as coaches, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, is that people come to us thinking they already know. And if you already knew, A, you would be coming to us. You would have already done it. OK, but but yeah. they don't separate their ego because isn't it? Doesn't it have something to do with separating your ego? I talk about that a lot. Um, and, you know, to your point, it's not only that people come in thinking that they already know, it's that we're trained in our society to, we're kind of hardwired to act like we do. And so 
you know, in school, in work, right? You know, you're taught that like you're supposed to get a 90%. You're supposed to know almost everything in order to keep going to the next level. You know, I failed classes because I didn't know 90% of what somebody else said I need to know about something, right? And in reality, in life, it's not like that, right? And you need to be open to like failing and being wrong. And otherwise, how can you learn? How can you grow? How can you develop? And as a canopreneur, as an entrepreneur, it, it, it doesn't matter what the teacher says. It matters like what the results are. And so the point that I'm making here is that, you know, what we have to get through as coaches is get through that hardwired, what the training has been in order to even just have that conversation in the first place. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Is getting somebody to kind of leave that behind or at least know that they're trying to undo that in the first place. If they don't know that, if they think that everything's fine, everything's perfect, you know, they've been taught all the right ways and they don't have to let their ego out the way, then yeah, they're not very teachable or coachable. Um, in which case, you know, there's other materials for those kinds of folks uh, that we, you know, that's not us, but there are other things out there that hopefully can, you know, drip on people and kind of help them wake up a little bit more to how to be successful. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, putting away that ego is, is important, you know? Um, Absolutely. I had someone with like a whole bunch of degrees and um, they really wanted to do some things in the industry and uh, which was really cool. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, but they, they allowed their degrees or their ego to get in the way. And unfortunately, they, they, um, they're not in the industry anymore. Um, but um, I kind of saw it coming. So I kind of, you know, kind of hid from it. I was like, no. And we have to like pre-qualify even our clients now, which is really, you know, um, it saves us a lot of time and effort and all that good stuff. So let me ask you something though, Mike, cause you know, we got a lot of people coming in this industry and they're coming in fast. They're coming in from every direction, from every state, from every other country. <laughs> they even come here to want us to go to their country. So what type of advice or what kind of advice would you give someone who's coming in from the traditional corporate America or the traditional industries that are legal coming into this illegal, can't legal, let me say that, illegal, statewide legal um, industry? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great question. And I think that uh, there's three things I'd like to kind of point out real quick here. One is you mentioned qualifying. I think that if you come into this industry, um, look, we're not taught to qualify very well in regular traditional other industries, but in this industry, even more, I think you have to really be super vigilant about qualifying, qualify your clients, qualify your business partners, qualify yourself, qualify the opportunities, qualify everything, really do that due diligence. Okay. Like dive deep and make sure that you know what you're looking at. And if you don't know, I mean, that's where, again, I'm going to throw a plug out here, get a coach, call Khadijah Adams, call myself, call folks that actually will help guide you through that to help you with the qualifying process. If you don't even know what you're supposed to look at. So qualifying is definitely one of them. Uh, number two, going back to what we said before, get your ego out the way. Like um, if you're coming in this industry from another, from another industry, it's probably because there's some passionate part of it in you because you're saying it's different. It's a new paradigm. Okay, cool. So don't bring all the garbage and the baggage that you're trying to leave behind into this industry. Recognize, have the humility to recognize when you're doing it and allow yourself to be called out for it and allow yourself to realize, okay, I don't want that. That's why I'm over Otherwise, why would you take the, the pay cut, the higher risks, whatever it may be coming into cannabis, you're doing that for a reason. So then honor that reason, respect yourself for making that decision and do the hard work. And the third thing I would say is, and this is more like a generic kind of uh, bit of advice is, 
you know, lean into your strengths. So if you're really good at accounting and a specific type of accounting, figure that niche out in cannabis. Don't try to go figure out how to be a grower, right? Or don't go general and generic now with it. If you've found success in a 20 year career in something else, just pivot right into cannabis with that, change the language around a little bit and you'll be way more successful that way. So those are the things I would say to somebody. Absolutely. I love that. And I love the passion behind it. You starting to sound like the DJ Adams <laughs> on the other side. Absolutely. No, you can't go wrong with I'm yeah. going to throw a little plug out here for you because you can't go wrong with working with Khadijah Adams. I will say that for sure. I've had the, the pleasure and the, really the, the, the privilege of getting to work with you on some things over the years. And, and you cannot go wrong with working with Khadijah Adams in this industry. So that's another thing to reach out to Khadijah Adams. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. I appreciate that. And vice versa. Ditto. OK, ditto. Um, you know, I'm excited and I thank you so much for being on today, for sharing with us. And with the audience, you know, what you do um, with the National Cannabis Industry Association and um, for the DEI program and the DEI committee. And um, I want to acknowledge that. And I want to share with you that I appreciate you 100% because you've never let my back hit the ground. And for that, I am forever grateful um, and appreciative as well. And I've had the opportunity to work with your team. And so another a plug in for you and for Dow Mastery as well as a few of your clients that I've had the pleasure of working with through you, you know, over the years. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And thank you for being on with us. Um, I want to tell the world, can I tell the world that you'll be co-hosting the Cannabis Minority Report podcast season three. I'm actually, you guys going to be filming coming in from the beach y'all. So um, I want to make sure that I have the right equipment, though. We were going to do it today. And I said, nah, I want to make sure I have the right equipment so we get it right the first time. So in about a month or so, y'all, um, oh, we're going to be um, filming from the beach. And Mike is going to be there. Mike, what part of the world are you in? You feel like telling people or you want to keep it a secret? <laughs> I'm near the beach here myself. Uh, different beach than where I grew up. I grew up in San Francisco by that beach. I'm in a different beach these days. I'll be back in San Francisco in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I'll keep it at that, you know, and if, uh, if you know me, reach, reach out and we can figure out how to hang out near this beach. So awesome. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah absolutely. So that would be awesome. You being um, at, in the beach and me being in the beach, filming from the beach. Man, Vince, we're about to give you a whole bunch of stuff to do. <laughs> so that's exciting, you guys. So remember to tune in. Um, to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast every Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time, um, every single Monday, you guys. And, and so we're super excited to have Mike join as a co-host. Sometimes you'll just see his face and sometimes you'll just see mine. And then sometimes you'll see our faces together, you know, interviewing and having conversations with folks. And, um, you know, season three is I can't wait for season three. Mike, I'm super excited about that and 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 listen if you haven't sponsored the cannabis minority report podcast don't worry we're gonna call you though <laughs> don't worry be expecting my call and when you see that 876 number calling you you make sure you pull you pick up because that's me calling from jamaica you know mike can you believe on the other side of that it comes across on your phone scam 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 well, it's not a scam. It's me calling you. So pick up, okay? Because I'm calling you about sponsorship opportunities that we have available for season three of the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. So Mike, thanks again for joining us. 
And thank, uh, thank you so much, Khadija. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Everything you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you too. And many of y'all out there appreciate Mike too. Make sure you hit him up um, down mastery um, and make sure you hit him up. Mike, how can people find you? Um, is it your website? Is it your email or Instagram? How yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be launching the website soon, but uh, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Um, that's, uh, I'm good there. And then if you're looking at, you know, like I said earlier, we're now looking to really launch the DEI program NCIA out. So if you're interested in that, go to the NCI website, the cannabis industry.org and connect with me through any of the DEI links. Basically will take you to me. You can learn more about our sponsorship opportunities there and then decide if you want to get in touch with us that way. So yeah, feel free to reach out that way. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again, Mike. Stick around. Okay. Awesome. All right, you guys, be sure to subscribe to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast via Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any of your other favorite platforms. Um, And again, we are going to be reaching out to you for season three for sponsors, you know, for season three of the Cannabis Minority Report podcast directly. And, um, and also we'll have advertising opportunities available as well. So if you have a 30 second, 60 second, or maybe a two minute commercial for your brand, for your product, for your services, um, then you may want to hit us up. Okay. You can actually reach me at 876-569-8308, or you can reach out to the executive producer, my executive producer, someone I love very much. Hey, Vince, reach out to Vince Chandler at Vince at the cannabis Vince, V-I-N-C-E at the cannabis And he is happy to share with you or even direct you um, to the pricing for our advertising um, on our show. In the meantime, we are going to interview and we're looking to interview more minorities in the space. If you have a story, we want to know about your story. We want to hear about your story. You have a new company that you just launched. We want to know about it. We want to hear about it. We want to know how can we help you, okay? Um, and if you want to be highlighted as well as one of the entrepreneurs that we spotlight every month, then um, feel free to um, reach out to us as well. We'll be back right after these messages. Good evening from West Orange, New Jersey. Harrington Institute is here, and we're so excited to get you into the cannabis industry. A lot of people will reach out to me asking, you know, how can they learn more? How can they be involved? And hearing that so much, I say, I have to figure out a way to be able to bring people to one place. All right, you guys, we are back. Don't forget to check out the NCIA's member news blog um, at where we actually um, spotlight NCIA um, members, okay? Um, if you would like to sponsor the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, again, reach out to our executive producer events events at thecannabisindustry.org. Shout out to all of our previous sponsors, Um, and current sponsors of the DEI program um, that the the National Cannabis Industry Association actually um, has. Um, Remember now for the the mission as it relates to the DEIC committee, um, the mission is for us to educate, to advocate, to engage and also empower the community of cannabis and its members by cultivating partnerships with other nonprofit organizations, with similar goals, um, providing resources, and um, we also want to create and sustain an environment that is inclusive 
that is equitable and that is diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members and celebrates their contributions as we work together to strengthen all communities in cannabis. We'll see you guys next Monday. Until then, peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.